I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We are back with another episode of Boots, Balls and Bras. I have a special guest with me today, an old friend, somebody that I've grown up with probably since the age of eight, Leanne Sanderson. And I was looking through everything that you won and I was going to read them off but there was way too many in the podcast I don't have enough time so I was like and for as much as we both talk I was thinking right I can't but guys look no introduction I don't really need to give her an introduction but thanks for coming on how have you been? I've been great. I got to see now back to back days of seeing you. I know, I'm lucky you. Lucky am I? <laughs> we saw each other obviously at the game yesterday at Stamford Bridge, and like you say, I, it's one of those ones with you. I remember the first time I ever saw you play, and I was literally like eight years old at Hackney Marshes in the tournament yeah. when you were playing with all my um, mates and that. And it's just mad how time's gone so quickly. We've been in so many tournaments together, World Cups, European Championships, and now we're here now. It's crazy, right? I remember Leanne at Arsenal, so she was at Arsenal, obviously the team to be at at the time. And this little kid, I'm saying little, she was not little, and that's why she had the nickname for me, Big Head, because <laughs> all you would see Leanne in the under eights was this big head. Big kid I look up like here. a caricature, innit? Yeah, like big head, little body. Yeah, because you were so big compared to all the little ones. You were like, yeah, you definitely. But you know what they tried to sure. do first? They tried to make me play in my own age group because I always used to play two years up. Yeah. And then when they started running through my legs, they were like, <laughs> no, she needs to play at the Warwick tournament. I swear, it's a true story. No, I know. I, I know. swear, you've got a bigger head than me. You're like, you know, the little mannequins, the football heads. We'll leave it to the viewers. Big head, little body. We'll leave it to yeah, the viewers. Yeah, get head's in bigger. touch. Your definitely. But anyway, we're going to the show and we're obviously going to round up WSL games, the main game for us this week. Being I'm a Chelsea supporter, I have a Man United supporter in, in the house, which, you know, the, we were both at the game. So I think that would be a really good one to chat about. Round up the games and then we'll just talk about your transition from player to pundit. I think it'll be an exciting one. So we'll start at Stamford Bridge where Chelsea took on Man United in the WSL and they won 3-1. What's your thoughts on the game? Yeah, it was a weird one, wasn't it? Because obviously a lot of talk has been about Sam Kerr now being out injured. And obviously Lauren James, Aggie Beaver-Jones, those types of players, me official, were like kind of like, are they going to play in the nine? Is Lauren James going to play in the 10? And I felt like Manchester United yesterday were really underwhelming. Although I'm a Man United men's fan, mm. the women's team is Arsenal for me. Of course. You know, but... I felt like they were quite underwhelming in the first half and I thought this the game was going to go on to be about 4 or 5 nil to, to Chelsea. That's what it looked like. Uh -huh. Hannah Blundell down that left side was getting a, having a torrid time. I felt for her, you know, mm. Millie Turner. They were kind of, after one of the goals, they came together. They're trying to figure out what to do. And to be honest, in the first half, they couldn't get near Chelsea. Yeah. And then... Jace got down the right-hand side, put in an amazing ball, you know, and Hayley Ladd comes in and puts it in the back of the net. And I think that changed everything because mm -hmm. in the second half, I think Manchester United were a lot better. But I think ultimately when you have the quality that Chelsea do, the strength in depth, you know, the types of players they have, Cream always rises. And Lauren James, I mean, Ugh. what a player. We we love her anyway. For sure. And you know what, Faz? I think we, we love her because not that we're saying I'm like Lauren James, we're like mm. Lauren James, but we see a lot of ourselves mm. in her, like the creativity and the way she plays. I think is we appreciate footballers like that. 100%. I got, I mean, I was in comms <laughs> with BBC and obviously you get, people would say I'm a biased Chelsea fan. 
maybe I am slightly, but yesterday there was no bias in that game. I think Chelsea dominated. And, and to be fair, I think that was the best I've seen Chelsea in possession. Certainly in that opening 35 minutes, I thought beyond the new signing, centre-half, I, I thought she looked really composed, settled in nicely. Um, I thought obviously Lauren James stepping up in the, the shoes of Sam Kerr, but I thought Fischl, no one really spoke about her and I felt she'd come off really early in the game. Yes, yeah, But did. I actually thought in terms of the dynamic of the team with her in it, was completely different but actually it was a different dimension for them I actually thought it worked really well in that opening 35 mm-hmm. uh, minutes but I felt like I don't know Leanne but I felt like Man United was still on that coach and what was what's strange for me from somebody looking from the outside in yes they've lost two unbelievable players in Badger I'm going to say that wrong and I'm going to get criticised but guys that's how I pronounce it oh, no, and Badger. Russo Badger okay there we go her and Russo right but in terms of the group of players it's still the same group of players that finished in the top three last season, got to an FA Cup final. Everybody was talking about pushing this season maybe for, you know, to win the WSL or at least to win a cup. And they look like they've gone backwards. They don't look like they've progressed and they've made big signings. I agree with you. I think it's a weird one as well because obviously I think it's inevitable that Mary Earps will leave in the summer mm-hmm. as well. And it speaks volumes when players want to leave a club. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I said that about Manchester City a mm. few years ago when Sam Lewis, Rose Lavelle, second best player in the world at that time, Abby Dolkamp all came over and then they left. Carly Lloyd was here for like three months. Mm. So it makes me think, well, why do players want to leave? Because people don't do that at Chelsea, do they? Yeah, exactly. They stay in an environment. Same as Arsenal, really. You don't see much turnover. But I think, you know, a lot of questions yesterday, some of the fans were holding up banners about Mark Skinner, yeah, you know, which we don't usually see in the women's game, do no, we? Exactly. But on that, did you see Rachel Williams at the end of the game? No, I didn't actually. So she was going over to the fans to tell them to bring the, the sign down. And that's something oh, I was really? Gonna, yeah. So that's something I was going to ask about because you get lots of Man United fans. They, they message us, in, you know, they're constantly messaging, oh, do you think Mark's going to should, should leave? Should he get the sack? What's your opinion? Oh, you're too soft with Mark. I understand that man- managers have to take responsibility, but we've both played. And, and when things aren't going well, for me, at times players have to take responsibility. And I don't feel like there's a player in that team that's actually taking responsibility for performances. The thing is, Faz, we've both played for managers and coaches we might not have liked their style. But this is the thing I always go back to, that, you know, even in the World Cup in 2015, Mm. the style wasn't our style, was it? We were bypassing the midfield and it was just like, get the ball to Steph, bang it over to Jodie Taylor and we won. Mm -hmm. And we got to a semi-final and we were like, what are we doing here? We've been trying to play football for years and we never made it this far. So that wasn't my style of football. But I think manager has to take responsibility as well. But I agree with you, the players, first and foremost, (sighs) we know as players, Mm. we can control that exactly Same with the men's game when I see them not you know we all have days where we're not at it uh-huh, uh-huh. but then I think you always compete yeah. you always show up and mm. you play for yourself you play for your family you know and the fans really because yeah. obviously when we played it was like one man and a dog <laughs> watching us play <laughs> two dogs exactly <laughs> you know and no, it was great right. right. but at the same time now the fans are there mm. and that feeling and I think I think in the women's game, we don't question the managers enough sometimes. Uh-huh. I think Gareth Taylor, I think Manchester City women mm. should have done far better yeah, than they sure. have done. The budget, mm. and Emma Hayes made a really good point the other day because she was saying there's no amateur football in the um, WSL now. Yeah, yeah. But I get Bristol, you know, Bristol don't have, Bristol City don't have the same budget as Chelsea, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're doing their best. But what I will say is that certain managers attract certain players. For sure. And that's what Emma Hayes does at Chelsea. And it'd be interesting to see what who goes there next. <laughs> Mate, that's, yeah, exactly that. But you know what, you know what, for me, Leanne, when you, when you look tactically across the Man United team, right? Last year, everybody spoke about how defensively, how good they were. So they had obviously, the, I'm saying back five, because we'll include the goalkeeper, Mary Earps. They've only lost one player out of that back line. And as you said yesterday, they got absolutely terrorised down the wide areas on both sides, mainly down the left-hand side, so Chelsea's right-hand side. Yep. But how does a group of players that were so solid in terms of that, that communication between goalkeeping back line to then all of a sudden only losing one player in that lineup and they concede, how many goals have they been conceding? But you made a good point about body language, right? Because yesterday, you know, the midfield of Manchester oh. United, Ella Toon just got named in the best 11 in the world. Yeah. 
And she was non-existent in that game. Mm. So I like Ella too. And I think she's yeah. a good player, but was completely non-existent. Yeah. And you could see like when Hannah Blundell came off, the body language, I don't know, it just wasn't there. Not that I'm saying it's the play Yeah, fall, no, I've been saying that for But weeks, I'm yeah. thinking like, what is going on? I agree with you. You know, Leah Golton, I like her. I think yeah. she's a top player. Was not really having any type of impact mm. on the game. You know, and you look at the Manchester United team and I agree with you. I don't think they progressed. Now, mm. Losing Alessia Russo, not just her goals, but, you know, the feeling around the squad, do they yeah. feel like they've really replaced her? And they've seen players keep leaving. And Mary Earps, I think it's inevitable she will leave. Yeah, and will. why do players want to leave this team that got to an FA Cup final last year, you mm. know, is finishing and progressing more in the league? And to be honest, when you're looking at their performances this year, they didn't make it out of the preliminary rounds of the Champions League. Mm. I don't really know how far they would have gone judging by these performances anyway. Yeah. Well, they're, well, they're now 10 points behind the leaders. Chelsea, seven points behind Arsenal and Manchester City in second and third so in terms of that from now until the end of the season they haven't beaten the top teams this season they've never beaten Chelsea so yeah and Chelsea are unbeaten at home what a record 21 games unbeaten I mean Emma Hayes we can go on and on about her but <laughs> in terms of her records they're just unbelievable to go on that run of games is, is phenomenal but um, for Man United where do they go from here in terms of like for, for me I wrote them off I vote them off in terms of that top three now. I don't think I don't think they can close that gap. I think City are coming to form. We've seen you know yesterday's result against Liverpool. I think Arsenal are, are, are winning games. Chelsea, I don't see losing. Like what, what what's the, like what happens if they finish outside the top three and don't get to a cup final? Well, I think then ultimately the manager will be the one that will come under scrutiny. I mm. think that's what the club will happen. I think when Man Manchester United women first came in existence, we could use the excuse to have a new team. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. it's only been four years since they've been in existence, but now that's gone. Yeah. I know there was a lot of talk about the facilities at the beginning, you know, when Casey was there. Yeah, yeah. And I think every club has an opportunity to make things better. Now I don't think there can be any excuses. They've got the new training ground, exactly. right? So they've got the whole new training facilities. They, they seem to have everything in place from what you see from the outside. Exactly. But they don't, they're not progressing. And similar to, I mean, there teams in the league, like Aston Villa last year were flying, looking mm. like they were going to make it into the, potentially break into that top four. And now look at them, they're all yeah. the way down there. So, but this is a team like Man United, they do have quality. I like Jace, I think she's yeah. a top player. Yeah, but she's she, got a you lot know to what? offer. She, she does, but my, my thing, like, and I always say, like, if you look at her overall performance, she's always involved in things. But in terms of what they brought her in for, goals and assists, in terms of her impacting games, she's not impacting games in areas that she should be. Well, the only so time she impacted on yesterday the eye. Was, the goal. was the goal. Yeah, that was it. But I'm and she's easy on the eye when you watch her and players like us that like a bit of flair and whatever she does that and she brings that Brazilian you know finesse and whatever but in terms of impacting yeah she's not impacting for me but there was a moment yesterday Faz where I don't know if you saw it it was like a throw in right by the dugouts and you know Mark Skinner was screaming at someone like to move and Jace was like where do I even go because pretty bread and butter if you if nothing's on you throw it down the yeah, line and gain yards and get another throw but there was no movement in the mm. middle and you know it was a bit flat and I think as well like I was what because we're like everything when we go to the games yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like a sponge I'm watching what's going on and to be honest Mark Skinner spent most time looking at the monitor with mm. his assistant mm. in front of him as opposed to watching the game yeah. it was almost like I saw his interview afterwards and I don't think it was a penalty, I, Leah Golton. You know what? I'm so glad. I, I, I said don't. this yesterday. I was watching it and like, you know what? When it was live, I was like, ooh. And then you watch it on the replay. There's nothing for no, me. It's it. Not enough for her to go down. Players I felt like... to go down yeah. then put it in the back of the net. Exactly. I felt like she overran it a little bit. I felt like Golton's touch was a bit heavy. Yes, there was a bit of a, a coming together. Not enough for me to no. go down. And I, and I said it, you know, yesterday in comms that if VAR was in that game, they wouldn't have overturned the referee's decision. No. So I don't think there's many complaints from him. I feel like he's clutching a little bit in but terms that's of the what I'm performance. Saying. He's focusing on that, yeah. saying we need some help from, you know, the official. Yeah. No, you need to get your team yeah, at yeah, it. To perform, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? So for Man United fans, and probably it's a question for them as opposed to us, they want him out, they put the banner up, and look, everyone's entitled to their opinion and view. But who would you replace him with? Because 
it, it's like you get sacked in one job and I can use Rianne Skinner as one. You get sacked for not doing a good enough job at Tottenham, but then you get another job in the WSL at West Ham and you're still not doing well at West Ham. So because there's not enough coaches within the female game or, or maybe it's a salary that we can't attract some of the top coaches from the men's game into our game, who do you replace him with? I know because, you. I mean, you have been a coach for years, so you might be better to answer that type of question. But I look at someone like Jonathan Heraldes that's gone from Barcelona to the Washington Spirit mm. who didn't even make the playoffs last year. Yeah. No money always talks, but mm -hmm. for them to bring him yeah. to the NWSL in America yeah, yeah. for the Washington Spirit, it goes to show you that there's opportunities out there that mm -hmm. managers can come. Because yeah. I agree with you. It's like when they say in the men's game, the number nines, there's only Osman that's available in the yeah. transfer window. The number nine position isn't really, you know, no what there's not really yeah. many good number nines anymore, is there? No, it's true. But I do believe there is someone there always is someone that can replace somebody, but you're right, who could that be? Who would it be? Financially as well, because I think that's a difficulty. You think of how many I mean you used to coach we all coach, like we all thought maybe that would be our transition. But there's just no money in the It's a massive game job though, fans. Man United like, when Casey left and would and went over to America, I was quite surprised. And obviously I work with Casey quite a lot when I'm over there, but like I was surprised she left such a big job. But mm. maybe what what was going on wasn't all what it seemed. Yeah, you yeah. know, because they was at the beginning, didn't have all the facilities, mm. was getting changed in like a like a, almost like a porter potty and yeah, things yeah. like that. Can't be happening. Porter no, cabin, sorry. Definitely. Porter potty. Yeah. Porter potty. Porter cabin, you know, that can't be happening. I'm Hope they not, weren't. <laughs> I'm just nodding away to you. I know, but porter cabin, those types of things. Uh, like, thankfully, Manchester United have sorted that out, but it is a big job. Yeah. So I do believe there's there's people out there it can attract. Yeah. But who that may be, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to, it'll be good to hear from our listeners if they are, whoever was holding up the banner, you know, skin it out, who would you like to replace him with? But we'll talk about the rest of the WSL games. And you know what? There was some crazy results in it, but you know, the Aston Villa Leicester, so Leicester Aston Villa, Aston Villa won 1 0. Aston Villa fans are tweeting in saying Villa are back. So UTV, whatever, the, up, the, up the Villa, they're back. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Because. They scraped that result. If you watch the game against Leicester, I thought it, it you know, and look, it points it was a clearance the board. off the line. Yeah, points like, on the board for them. So they, they've obviously won three of the last five. What One, what's going on? Two, obviously, Carlos rode a luck a little bit in terms of, uh, uh, sorry, res results to, to stay in the job. But how do you assess them? It's a weird one because obviously Rachel Daly comes in last season, top goal scorer. I had no doubt she would do well in the league because she's played here before. In America, she just would score goals for fun. And then it's almost a weird one because we've seen times this year where Lucy Stanaforth's on the bench, Jordan Nobbs is on the bench. Mm. And I'm thinking, how can this be? Like, mm. I'm not saying that you have a divine right to be yeah, starting yeah. based upon, you know, how good you used to be or what we're living off a reputation. But those two players, they've been on the bench a lot yeah. this year. And that was a bit weird to me. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't seem to be clicking. And they over, -exceed, over exceeded expectations last year for yeah. sure, because there was times where... Added, look how much they've added this year I know. in terms of players they've brought in. They brought a lot of players in. I know. I they know. brought a goalkeeper in. I thought that, that was an area that needed improving. I felt like they needed a centre half. They haven't done that. But they brought in a lot of attacking players. Yeah. They are struggling, though, with regards to like, they, I mean, because three points is three points. You can mm. see what it meant to Carla Ward at the end of oh, the game, of you know, because the pressure is there. But I think they were quite fortunate in the end because Leicester had a, an opportunity cleared mm. off the line over Baker. Luckily, it was a good clearance from Aston yeah. Villa. But at the same time, it was like they exceeded expectations last year. And right now, this year, I think if Bristol weren't in the league, then maybe Villa and, you know, Leicester would be yeah, more yeah. inclined to kind of maybe potentially go down. And that's crazy yeah. to even think about because it, it, Aston Villa did so well last lot, year. But it's the year before they didn't. It's yeah. like it was it was a shock because two seasons ago they were they were poor and then they come through and it was like okay oh look at this Villa team like they're, they're pushing they made signings and, and expectation changes within camp and obviously outside opinions and then I just feel like they haven't lived up to it but let's move on to Arsenal because this is your team right so when we talk about women's football <laughs> Arsenal Everton's my old team um 
But in terms of Arsenal, I think they had like, tw- I think I'm, I'm right in saying they had like 21 attempts at goal, eight on target, scored two goals. The amount of chances this Arsenal team creating games in, in, in terms of conversion rate, like what is it with Arsenal that don't quite, like look at this, you know what I look at? I look at the squads and squad depth. How do Arsenal not dominate? Like Chelsea do. So Chelsea seem to dominate, not much changes. They bring, you know, uh, players in here and there. Arsenal's always, you look you look 1 to 20. Yeah. That squad should be doing more than what they do. I agree with what you're saying. I think, like, going back to the point I made about Emma saying everybody's able to recruit. Like, Arsenal have recruited in an unbelievable way. Getting Alessia Russo in is oh, incredible. Yeah. And, you know, players like Katie McCabe, who at times, you know, when they brought in Tobin Heath a couple mm. of years ago, it looked like Katie wasn't going to play and mm. then she almost got better. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think she's one of their best players that mm. they have. Then obviously Miedemar, Beth Mead, all those players coming back in, Blackstinius, who's going to play? And I agree with you, Faz. I think they should be dominating a lot more. And I think... With Arsenal, though, because we were so good back in the day, the fans are still on side. You know, every time there's a game, yeah. the Emirates sells out straight away mm. because we have that history with the club. You know, yeah. we won the quadruple, the only team to do mm. it. So there's that fan base that's there. Mm. But I will say that I agree with you. I think they don't really dominate like, you know, they beat Chelsea yeah. this year. They beat and that's yeah, one and of they, the most batted, they did just beat them. They battered them. Exactly. They, they battered them But at then the they beat them at the Emirates the first game of the season yeah. last year. And then Chelsea went one on to win the, the league. Yeah. I think when you look at the squad depth that they have, mm. Arsenal, in comparison... Yeah, yeah. To Chelsea. Yeah. Emma Hayes has this ability to like find a diamond in the rough. Uh-huh. Players like Nuskin, players that no one's really on anyone's not, radar not, yeah. are coming. Even you're beyond. On. Like for me, at Everton, I'm thinking, Emma, you've signed beyond. Like in my head, I was thinking, she ain't really done anything at Everton. Don't get me wrong, when she plays for Sweden, I'm like, yeah, I can yeah. see it. But yesterday, her debut for, I was like, Emma can pick a player. She, but she but finds also, him. she gets she the best out of him. them. Yeah, she finds this him. is what the best managers do. So what do you think it is? A player thing or, or a man? Like, it's difficult because I don't want to point fingers at managers, but it's like, I like Jonas. But I'm like, how have you got that group of players not winning trophies? I know. I, I think that, you know, at some point there comes a time where the manager does have to be questioned. You know, mm. the players have to look at themselves, but mm. they're also performing yeah. to certain levels. And I think they just seem to not have that X factor when it finally comes down to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you look at their team, leadership within the team, who are the leaders? Yeah, Leah Williamson's been out. We know yeah, she's a leader. But you look at these players and you think, who's going to galvanise? Who's nasty on their team? Mm. Who's that nasty player like a Katie Chapman? Yeah, yeah, when yeah. I say nasty, you know, playing-wise, yeah, 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 it's yeah. going to kind of like get stuck in and get involved mm. and say, come on now. Like a Jane Ludlow Roll when we were there. Up. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? You, I don't, you know me, I'm not going to... Yeah. I'm not a tackle. I'm not a I'm, not a tackle. Tackle. <laughs> I'm like, you lot you need them. with that. And we appreciate those players because if you don't have those players, you then, your flair players or your creative players, whatever they are, they don't get opportunities. Because you need, you can't just have 11, 11 player players. No. It don't work. You need balance within within the squad. You do. And I don't know if they really have that. I mean, I love Leah Valti. Mm. I think she's good. Yeah. She she had made her debut against me yeah. when I was at Juventus and I couldn't get near her. Yeah. We lost five new. Imagine me going back to Arsenal. <laughs> I was so buzzing. I had all my friends there, family, over 100 yeah. people. Mm. And we got battered five new. And Leah Valti's first game got player of the match. She was brilliant. Yeah. But I think like they just need that little bit of nastiness. Mm. But I do think Arsenal, I'm not saying it's all about names. I hate it. FIFA's best is picked upon, you know, mm. name mm. and popularity yeah. but I don't like I think sometimes you have to look at you need a bigger manager and I yeah, think some yeah. of the decisions at Arsenal over the mm. years Pedro was there oh. you know those types of managers it's Arsenal so it's almost like I feel like they need a better manager like yeah. I go back to it Jonathan Geraldes yeah, yeah. why couldn't Arsenal get a manager like him Yeah, I like Joe Montemero when he was there Yeah, I can't believe that Joe left and it was like it's he mad, wanted to go back to his done... family he said he wanted yeah. to go there and then and next he went thing to, he's at really, yeah, he went, he like, it's a bit of a weird one because all the players loved him I find it mad, yeah, as I say, Arsenal's always, like, even when I went there, you know, from the outside, like, when I went to Arsenal, it's like, you're going to the best women's yeah. team, and then it, it's not always what 
you know, it's perceived to be on the outside. And when I was in-house, I was like, wow, this is different. This well, is times different changed to, though, Fab. Yeah, like, when I was, was there, when I, when I re-signed yeah. in 2015 before the World Cup, I was expecting it to be like it was when I was there with like Emma yeah. Byrne, yeah, Nards yeah, yeah. and all the girls. And it wasn't, it was just different. Mm. And I think with different, it's not a bad thing, but I think I was always worried when more money was involved in the women's game, mm. where would the egos go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, because... Yeah. And you of know, course, Arsenal probably the, the highest payers. Whereas we never had that yeah, yeah, when yeah. I was there. Like we, yeah. if I ever got carried away, I mean, oh, best get, believe, lads, all of them yeah. would call me and Kira Grant, all of them. Mm. So we had good people mm. and good players. And we knew we'd win a game just in the tunnel. Yeah, and yeah, we yeah. Played oh, against, you, did. you know, when we played against Sunderland away, I remember Bronzy was playing, Beth Mead was playing. All the players were playing because people yeah, yeah. think that I retired about 20 years ago. I'm like, when <laughs> we won everything. When you had a big rivalry yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Like, we had, we were playing against good teams, yeah. but we just had that X factor, there was something. didn't we? Yeah, uh, 100%. And, and Vic helped towards that. Yeah. For sure he did. But just before we move on to, to, to Man City against Liverpool, Bidabir Miedema, contract's up at the end of the season. We haven't heard any rumours that they're, they're, they're signing or she's signing or that she's been offered. What do you, where, how do you think that sits? Do you think that they offer her? Do you think that she doesn't want to stay on? I, she's my favourite player. Oh. Like, I love I love watching her. You and like, I like the like, same players, I just, don't we? I love watching her and I'd like... I mean, look, if she was to go, I kind of, I'm thinking, where would she go? I'd love her at Chelsea for sure. Uh, you know, Emma Hayes, if you can snatch that up before you leave, that would be wonderful. <laughs> but do you think Jonas or Arsenal as a club offer a new contract? Do you think she wants to stay? What do you feel? Because she, she, I mean, she played yesterday, she started, but she hasn't, since her return, yeah. been brought back in the same way that uh, Beth Mead has. Is that because of the, the style that they're playing and they don't see how uh, Viv sits there? Or is it because her injury has taken longer than, than Miedemar? I think it's a combination. I think we have to remember before... Miedemar got that injury. She took that break, didn't she? Mm. She took a two-week yeah, period yeah, yeah. Of mental for a mental break. And before that, Miedemar was like top goal scorer in the league and yeah. then Marnham came in and took her place. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. me, Miedemar would be on the pitch any time, any, any day. Similar it. to a Sam Kerr, mm. you don't take those players off the pitch. No. I'm sorry, people might disagree. I agree. But you I have agree. to have them because they could do that. Similar to Kevin De Bruyne, like that little bit of difference, difference. That that is the game, big game players, she will do something. Yeah. I think with the injury, it reminds me of mine because she had to have a second procedure to clear yeah. up the knee. Yeah. I had that. So I was out for like a year and a half. Yeah, so so some things, ACL, meniscus, they can take longer. Some players take longer. It doesn't mm. mean they fail, but you feel yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think Beth Mead's wouldn't say her journey was easier because the ACL was yeah. an easy injury to come back from. I did it myself, but Miedemar's one seemed to take a bit longer like mine did. So yeah, maybe yeah. she just needs more time. But if I'm Arsenal, I'm, I'm tying her up already. I would have tied I'm her up. I'm tying her up already. But I'm just like, we're going, we're eating into the new yeah. year now. So when 20, you know, there's what, five months remaining on the contract. I, I, the thing is, I couldn't really see her going anywhere else in the WSL. I could see her Chelsea. going to a different... No, I'm joking. I know, that's that's I wishful, wishful thinking. thinking. <laughs> but I think she'll go more likely to go somewhere in Europe. I just get yeah, a feeling she could be. Yeah. I think she'll suit well in like the German league, oh, maybe like a Wolfsburg she, or something, she, uh, or or something like the French league potentially. But I think I don't want her to leave the mm, WSL, of course. Even America, yeah. that type of. I mean, people don't. I mean, look, the there, be, I'm sure there'll be teams lined up for her. But Arsenal fans, let us know your thoughts. Do you want Vivian Miedema to sign a new contract, or do you think her time at Arsenal is done? But you know what? I don't really want to talk too much about all the rest of the games because I want to go into your transition and talk a little bit about you, but. We can't move on without talking about Man City beating Liverpool and Bunny Shaw scoring another hat-trick. The only player to score three hat-tricks in a calendar year. Still can't get in the FIFA best. And still can't get in the FIFA best. Talk to me. Oh. You're a striker because I had him in my FIFA best. Me too. 
I mean, it's one of those ones. This goes back to, are we picking the FIFA's best based upon individuals or on teams? Some players, we know it's what it's like. Favoritism, yeah. It's always the way. Mm -hmm. How Bunny Shaw doesn't get in that team? We could have a whole show about that. It's beyond me. Now, because Manchester City don't progress in the Champions League and because she plays for Jamaica that don't do much at tournaments. But they they had a great tournament in the World Cup. But they don't get to the latter stages, do they? That shouldn't be held against them, should it? I don't think so. I, I, I mean, I said that she, she finished joint top goal scorer last season, did she not? Or was she just behind Rachel? Yeah. Joint, was it joint? I think it was just behind. One goal or whatever in it. This season, I think she's got surely got to be up there with leading goal scorer. Three hat-tricks in <laughs> a calendar year. Not been done before in a women's game. And can't make... And obviously then, you know, in terms of Jamaica not being a team that anybody expected in a women's World Cup to do anything... And but she scored what, in the World Cup. Obviously, she got a, a red card. But I felt like she led the team really well. And I think in terms of a calendar year, 2023, mate, she was probably one of the best, if not the best striker behind Sam Kerr. Yeah, I agree with you. And again, there's some players that have to do a bit more, don't they? 100%. To then get the recognition mm. they deserve. But she, I mean, the goal she scored yesterday, that oh, back, the back as well. And she scores goals for fun. Yeah, all kinds of goals yeah. though. It's not just, the, you don't get the same, like I'm going to be in, in, in the six yard box. Or, you know, you get strikers that are like, you know, I'm gonna, not goal hangers, but you know, yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. Kind of, I'm in and around this. Headers, distant shots, carries the ball and strikes, any, anything. She gets into good areas and she scores. Does. But I remember when she first came, Ellen White was still there, yeah. obviously. So Bunny Shaw was coming off the bench. Mm. And then as soon as Ellen retired, it was almost like she then saw the, the opportunity to yeah. kind of take it on her. True. And she's taking it. She Honestly, she's so, oh, I think I agree with you. It's we inside, have, we like similar players. Yeah, so, but yeah. But anyway, we'll round up. To, so that was our chat on WSL. So Leicester lost 1-0 to Aston Villa at home. Arsenal beat Everton 2-1 at home. Chelsea 3, Manchester United 1. Brighton beat Bristol 3-2. That was a last-minute winner. T- uh, Turland, I mean, what a finish. Did you see it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, top corner. So that they obviously got the three points there at Brighton. Manchester City 5, Liverpool 1. And West Ham, Tottenham. I would have liked to have spoke about that, but we've gone on too long. 4-3 to Tottenham. So that was actually a good, what is it, North East London derby? It was derby. a crazy game. Yeah, it was a crazy game, but we've run out of time to talk about that. But Leanne, I want to talk about you and your career or your transition from, from footballer to football pundit. Um What's your journey been like from obviously your successful football career and then moving into punditry, both male and female game? Yeah, I mean, I I have thought being a professional footballer was the best job in the world, you know, and I feel like when I'm doing, I love live TV. I love everything about even just being here with you. Mm. Like we've known each other for years and I love what I do. And Mm. I feel blessed that I get to wake up every day and do something that I love. It's interesting, Faz, because I never actually officially retired, you know. Yeah, I know. You know what I was thinking? Not saying I'm bringing out the... You know what, Leanne? (laughs) I was actually thinking, I've never seen a statement, Leanne, going, I've retired from the game. So I I did think that, but obviously I'm not seeing you off my screens or, you know, if I put the radio (laughs) on, I can hear this bloody big head on it. So I'm like, okay, she's retired because... She ain't going back in the game now. Yeah. Do you know what happened? It was a weird one. Like I was at Juventus and I wish Joe Montemiro was there when I was there mm. because I think he's a great coach. And when I was there at Juventus, they were great to me. I was rehabbing. Mm. I was with the men. I was with Iguain and Buffon in the gym. Crazy, Can you imagine me? Yeah, I, you know what we I know, love. I know. We love footballers and that. So I was loving it, like doing my rehab there. And then when it got to playing on the women's team, it just wasn't the same yeah, feeling. Yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. So. In the summer there, I left. I got out of my contract early because I just wasn't happy, happy living in Turin. I just yeah. felt like it wasn't for me. And then I got asked to do the Women's World Cup and in 2019 in Qatar for being mm. sports. And I got the call. I was, I remember it. I was on the field in New York training my kids and I got this call to say, can you come and do the World Cup? And I was like, when? And they're like, tomorrow. <laughs> then we need you to come tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, okay. Yeah. And then I did the first tournament. And uh, I remember it reminded me of, do you remember when Gary Neville did his first Monday Night Football? Yeah. yeah. And he looked back on it and he's cringing like yeah, himself. Yeah, yeah. I look back on his tournament, I hadn't had my teeth done. I looked like, I just <laughs> looked like, fine. You know, what sharp, you but about? like, I just looked like different. I looked yeah. well young. My voice almost sounded different. I did good. But I think doing that whole tournament, yeah. I did it with Michelle Heyman and she had to leave halfway through, unfortunately. Mm. But I did the whole tournament practically on my own. Yeah. All the name pronunciations, Thailand. Mm. And then... I just think when people saw me, they liked me. And then my phone just kept ringing yeah. to, to, to keep doing this. And then I just kind of, I wouldn't say I got lucky and fell into it because mm. from the age of literally five years old, Faz, you know, we're like, I watch matches yeah, with my yeah, dad, yeah. you know, and, and football, it's, it's like, in in, it's in yeah, us. It's and in like you. me and my dad always say, we remember football, but when I was at school, I did all right in school, but I just wanted to be on a football pitch mm. all the time. Yeah. I used to think, why am I studying algebra, staying school kids, but <laughs> when I'm going to be a footballer, yeah, I want to yeah. practice my shooting. I want to practice my free uh -huh, kicks. I hear you. So I just feel like this is my calling in life and I just love it. And for me, like, I, I prefer to do the men's game based uh -huh. upon... I don't have to critique my friends. Like one of my friends yeah. got sent off the other week okay. in America. Yeah. And I just have to be honest. Yeah. She messaged me Do you after, find that difficult? No, I don't. Because no one's ever... People want that. Yeah, Especially yeah. in the women's yeah, game. No, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I don't. Any, I don't. And I never really did. I, I was a bit I feel mindful. Like, I, I don't know if you feel the same. Don't want to interrupt. You know, like I feel like women are sensitive, right? And obviously we've played the game. When we played the game, I'd love... And, and we did get criticism when it started. The TV started to come in a little bit. You'd get criticism. But I feel like... The, the, the girls now they take it personal they feel like it's a personal attack it's actually our expectation of them is far greater than it was 10 years ago yeah. for example so and you're being paid to break down a game you're being paid to give an opinion of what you're actually seeing so it's not nothing personal but we all go through form and whatever and it's a bit like the Harry Maguire there's you know ex-teammates of his you have to dig them out and it's how you respond to that but do you find that difficult that you know in terms of when you are doing players you played with or you like or whatever is that why you prefer the men, like talking about the men because there's no kind of relation there. I think as well, like how my England career ended, I'll be honest with you, that's kind of why I prefer to do the men's game because mm -hmm. I felt like it hurt me mm. when I go, when I used to, I've got better now, but when yeah. I used to go to the games, I used to get really mad, like anxiety mm. feeling in the pit of my stomach because I used to think, you know, I felt like my England career ended because of, you know, a situation that happened yeah, yeah, yeah. that was not nice. Mm. So it was almost like hurtful for me to go mm. to these games, not because I want to still be out there, yeah. but you know, and those types of things. So there was a lot of baggage that came with that. So when I do the men's game, I felt like it was just a complete clean slate. Uh -huh. But going back to your original question, like I, what I do is I critique the game the way I would want to be critiqued mm. myself. There's mm -hmm. no maliciousness. It's honest. Mm. And I, I think most of the players like that. I mean, yeah. in America, I've been doing it now for a year or so. And everybody's come up to me saying it's a breath of fresh air because yeah. you're just saying what you see mm. and you're articulate and you're breaking the game down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, one of my friends got sent off, one of the goalkeepers, Kaylin Sheridan. And I was doing the game 
And I actually messaged after her wife at the time and she messaged me saying like, in other words, that thanks for not being too harsh on her, but yeah. I was, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. And, and at the end of the day, they found it funny because they would expect me to yeah, have to yeah. say, you know, that's a sending off because mm. it was. Mm. She come and cleared her out completely. That's the thing. I mean, as you say, you can only say what you see and give an opinion on that. And that is our job now. Yeah. To give an opinion. When you do punditry, so I know that when I do my punditry or whatever, I kind of heavily rely on like my analysis because I feel like that's kind of a strength of mine. So I like breaking down games, but that probably comes from my coaching style. Strength. I mean, Farah, you are unbelievable tactically. Like you always have been. Thanks. Remember you used to sit there. Yeah, I know. I remember the like teachers got over it. Yeah. The monitor used to be the manager and Farah be right there. Uh -huh. And you have always had an ability yeah. to be able to break down a game unbelievably from a young age. Yeah. So I try and use that strength and kind of then build on the other stuff that comes with actually delivering um, punditry or whatever so do you is it what like what's your main attribute in terms of if you look at your career and, and your skills as a footballer what have you taken from that that has really enhanced your punditry and your delivery of your punditry yeah I think as well a lot of people that I work with like producers and people that I work with they say my strength is that I'm able to talk over highlights really well mm -hmm. and I'm able to say it as I see it mm -hmm. an example the other week when Dominic Calvert-Lewin got sent off at Sellers Park mm -hmm. I'm on TalkSport you know, and reacting to it mm. in the moment. Yeah. And I'm like, that is not a red card. Yeah, yeah. But you have to put yourself out there because yeah, yeah, yeah. then obviously you're going to get pelters if you're uh -huh. completely wrong. But in the end, it got rescinded. It's probably one of the only red cards that's ever been rescinded yeah, yeah. in for God knows however long. So I think the way I draw on my experiences is, you know, I was very, my vision was very good. Mm -hmm. And I was, we, me and you were able to dig something out the bag when yeah, we needed yeah. to. So when the pressure's on yeah. and when it's live TV, I mean, the prep it, that, that we do is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I don't think people see that. Mm -hmm. And I will say, not to that. beat the yeah. drum of being a woman, but I know if I was to get a name wrong, the standard that I'm mm -hmm. held to is completely different. Mm -hmm. So Wrighty did a, a thing about us a couple of years ago and he said, we almost have to be better. Mm -hmm. And he respects us even more because mm -hmm. he knows that, him being an ex-male player, you to get you instantly get that credibility. Of course, of course. I, I work with people that mispronounce names all the time because yeah. they're men and they played in the Premier League. It's almost okay. Yeah. If I mispronounce a name, I could do a thousand things right, yeah. mispronounce one thing, yeah. and no, it's I, like the end of the world. Yeah, I'm going to say. <laughs> and, and of course, even when you pronounce, I mean, you know, some of the overseas players in terms of the, the pronunciations, and, you know, even when you were in school and you're doing French and German, in terms of actually getting that pronunciation right, it's really difficult. It's a really, really hard skill, especially when you're in comms a little bit different to, to punditry. You can, kind of, you can kind of work around that and you've got more time to think of those names. Live commentary is really difficult when you see a player and you've mispronounced a name or whatever, knowing what's going to come with that. But you touched on it there in terms of preparation. And I obviously know that, you know, women, especially when they're working on the men's game, in terms of the, the research and, and all the, the work that goes into that, do you, as a, when, so when you do, because you cross over the men and women, when you do the men, do you feel like you overload yourself with like all your preparation compared to if you was to do the women or are you somebody that actually I balance it across NWSL, WSL, Men's Premier League? Are you somebody that kind of, because we, look, as you say, like the, the men, righty, for example, love righty and, you know, he's a great advocate for, for the women's game and women, you know, in punditry Absolutely. and, and, and in the media. Absolutely, before it was cool to be. So, you know yeah. what I mean? Because everyone jumped yeah. on the bandwagon so, whereas righty gave oh, us. Oh, of course, he gives, he gives you a platform and even when you're with him, that the help that he gives you along that and he wants you to do well. But uh, yeah, going to my point in terms of like when you do the women, because you, it's, it's your bread and butter, like your preparation, like is it equal compared to what you do the men? Or, or? I almost have to prep more fads to be you honest, do? because like I said, like with the with the women's game for a long time, I felt hurt by it, mm -hmm. so I found it quite difficult to watch. Yeah, yeah. Like I was, I couldn't really go to games. I felt like it was hurt, hurt. It hurt me. Yeah, yeah. Whereas when I'm in, that's why I like to be in America because I felt like every time I'm in America, my experiences have been so good mm -hmm. that when I'm over there working, no one's going to hurt me. Mm -hmm, I'm not going to mm -hmm. see someone that's hurt me. I'm not yeah. going to feel that way. But I will say that in, for example, there's a thing as 
such thing as over prepping as well. 100%. Because when I used to do the Galasso show for CBS here, we were doing like 30 games, right? We were doing Europa Conference League mm. and Europa League. I'm doing Trasban Sport, like Genk, like all these Imagine teams, it. You get right? the, the low teams in yeah. it. And, you and I'm work. thinking, I've got to know every... Because I like I don't like to just say, oh, the left back gives yeah. it to the right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I like yeah. to know the names for yeah. my own self. Because um, it's obviously the lead comms uh -huh. person to know the names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm in the studio and I'm having to react off of what's going on. So I got to a point where I used to get so overloaded with information that mm -hmm. I was prepping. That I, more that, The more I did that show, the more I just felt like it, I came into my own. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't... Because at the end of the day, the way I look at it, right? When I'm doing punditry, my nan could get up there and reel off stats. Yeah, yeah. Do you understand what I'm oh, saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, we are being given the opportunity yeah. because of our expertise yeah. and our opinion. So yeah. when people, XG, I get it, expected mm. goals, blah, blah, blah. But you could get someone, don't you think you could no, get I agree. to read that? I agree. I could get my nan to say, oh, what's the expected goals from today? What's this? What's that? Mm -mm. Whereas actually, I like watching people that give their opinion. Yeah. That's why I love Jamie Carragher and Gary yeah. Neville. I don't always agree with them. Yeah. And Alan Shearer and Wright, because... You know, they give their opinion and it might, it's not factual. People think. Yeah. That's what I, that, that's the thing. Like football for me, like, and that's what I say. Like you can love, hate what I say or whatever. You can love and hate my voice. You can say that I think I'm X, Y, and Z. That's okay. And I don't really, and I'm going to touch on the criticism because I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, the criticism that we get. Those things don't bother me. Like, I feel like, as you say, like when you talk about the build into games, there's a, you know, there's a big hour build in, into games depending on who you're with. And most of that is about, the, the, you know, the stats and whatever around the game. And I always used to think that I really hate builds to game because I actually want to dissect the game. I want, I want to show my expertise in actually, you know, talking to the viewer and trying to educate viewers around actually they're playing this way. And if they do something different and, and you know, you come into it. So that's the part of the, the analysis that I like. As you say, all of that, the, the, the facts and whatever. But they're, they're, put, they're good they're, they're, they're valid. They're and, and at points, they're needed to elaborate on something that you're talking about. But in terms of that, people that are just statos, I mean, and people work differently. They're good for some things, but I'm somebody that would like, what's your opinion? What's your feeling? How did you see it? Because football is about opinion. Because we were like, this and I players, love though, debates. Like, you debate, like for me, I love a debate. And if fans weren't as bad as they are, you could engage more with them because I don't, things I say is how I see it. It doesn't mean to say that I'm right. There'll be viewers that will agree with me. There'll be viewers that don't. Let's have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Because I look, we talk football all day, every day. Anybody that knows us will know that our, most of our topic of conversation is around football. And if viewers or fans or whatever that want to in, in, um, engage with you on socials, if they were a little bit, rather than looking at your skin colour, looking at your weight, looking at your sexuality, looking at whatever, and it was just like, no, I, I thought this, like, good point, but my point would be, but... We could have so much better interactions with fans and understanding. I think it'll be so much more, like, much safer space for people to talk and, and be pundits in. But I don't know what your opinion is of, of the criticism. And I mean, I know you get a hell of a lot. I'm, 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 I'm not good on socials. You're very good on socials. But Faz, you You're know active what? and I'm not yeah, active. Yeah, but Faz, it's I'll not even and... about criticism of me as a pundit. This no, is just, what, like, going yeah, back to what yeah. we were saying. If someone doesn't like me, that doesn't hurt my yeah, feelings, yeah, yeah. right? Because not everyone's going to like you of course, and love you. Of course, But you're right. It's well, they like... might like me and love me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing is, it's like, why do you have to be so nasty? Like, yeah. I used to do this thing on Twitter a few years ago, ask Sanderson and let people ask me questions. Now that I don't even is that the Instagram thing I went on? What was the one I went on in lockdown? Oh, that was the Instagram live. Yeah, that was just like, we did that for yeah, fun yeah. that was good actually thanks yeah. for yeah, coming on good. with me on that but yeah just i don't know like they get personal right yeah like really personal mm. and like i don't know like someone will comment like yesterday someone commented on a picture of mine from about four years ago just telling me i was fat and it's like why and yeah. those things do hurt yeah of course because, they do. you know as a female it's yeah. something you're conscious of yeah, anyway yeah. Mm -hmm. and to be honest fans like 
I don't pay much attention to what people have to say when it comes to that, because really all that matters are your producers, the people that employ you, mm -hmm. your mum, your dad, your family, right? Mm -hmm. And your partner. Yeah. But what I will say is it does hurt sometimes because uh -huh. I said this to one of my colleagues last week, like when I'm on my way home yeah. after TalkSport on my own, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're in your own head. Yeah, and luckily, that, yeah. I've got like strong, I'm very strong minded, but mm. there's times when I've been upset and cried. Mm, of course. And I don't I think imagine. people understand because some people say, oh, don't let them affect you. I think mm. to myself, you try getting pelters every single day mm. for about five years yeah. and see how that feels. Yeah, yeah. Because that's one thing I related to what Annie had to say in her video, right? Because I felt fearful of yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said this yesterday, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. no one will understand that. No, you're not just scared because someone's saying about your opinion. I'm scared because I've had two death threats. Yeah, that's crazy. That's why I'm scared crazy, going yeah. to football grounds sometimes, mm. certain football grounds, yeah. because I had two death threats from Fulham fans yeah. that had to be investigated. Do I want to press charges? Don't I? It's just, and it's not nice, yeah, you know? Yeah, I can imagine. So oh, I'm that makes me feel scared. Like, when I was going to Craven Cottage, I was thinking, should I go? And it was all because I said that Mitrovic couldn't cut it in the Premier League. Yeah. Wasn't going to cut it because he didn't before. Yeah, yeah. And then and he, he did. Yeah. And then I said, actually, and where is he now? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not saying I was right, but yeah. there's people. I was on forums, mm. people putting like a dartboard with my putting, put and I'm thinking, what? All because of an opinion. Yeah. So, but that's, what, that's, what, that's what's crazy though, Leanne, because football is opinions. Right. right. And none of us, we're right in our own head. And there'll be people that think, yeah, they're right, and people that jump on the back. And there'll be people that think you're wrong. But but I don't even think I'm is, always right either. Sport is opinions. And that's why I don't understand it. I don't know how like opinions of, of a sport or a topic or whatever it might be can then revert to that type of abuse, whether it be online, whether you feel actually physically somebody could come into your into your space and, and, and you know, harm you. I think it's crazy. And it, 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 I mean, they're obviously trying to cut it out. But I, I think with social media and where society is going, you, you know, it's, it's gone to, to ultimate high. But you know what's weird though? The, in the a place like Qatar... Yeah. No one was mean to me. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I, All the horrible mm, laws they have. Yeah. I feel safe there. Yeah. People are nice to me. There was kids waiting outside the hotel for yeah. me. And even when I'm in America, there might be some people that might not. I remember Agreed. there was an Orlando Pride fan that said to me I was too critical of their back line. Yeah. And then actually said, actually, you were right in the end. Yeah, I don't yeah, need yeah. to always be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good discussion. Yeah. Uh -huh. But when people start saying stuff like, so when I'm in America, no one comes after me for all those things, funnily enough. And people say, oh, you know, do you feel scared when you're in America? Because there are bad stuff that happens yeah, in America. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I feel safe when I'm there. So that's mm. why I'm more inclined to think, you know what? I love what I do all over the world. I'm blessed, mm. but I have to protect myself sometimes mm, sure. because even my mum yeah. gets messages. What? You know, yeah. That's my mum come up, my mum used to have Twitter and she kind of don't really go on it anymore mm. because she sees what people are saying about her daughter. I think that's what people forget that you are, you know, you are one of, a, I don't know whether it's a, a sister, a brother, whatever, yeah. whatever mum all of those people that actually see and read it probably because you're mentally strong through playing the game yeah you have that mental toughness but your parents or your, your siblings or whatever probably haven't had to experience stuff like that to make them mentally strong to be exactly. able to protect you and they just want to protect you and i think people when they have these daggers and whatever they want to do in the abuse they don't realize the impact it has it doesn't just impact the direct person that you're actually abusing there's so much more around that that the abuse it does. the abuser affects and i think as well like with regards to the online abuse it's like I sometimes look at them and I think, mm. in your profile picture, you've got a clearly dog. a little girl. Yeah. No, yeah. but it's like oh, someone with their oh, little daughter really? or oh, something. Okay, and yeah. I'm like, and sometimes I have messaged them back and just said, you know, I hope that that little girl in your profile mm. picture doesn't grow up with these types of opinions yeah. because you're coming at me because I'm a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I should, we automatically have to win people over just by being a woman. Mm. When you walk into a room, you're the most cat player of yeah. England. Why should you have to yeah. prove yourself? It's the same Constantly with it, it, proving yourself. Not even, in, not even just in punditry. I remember doing my, my coaching badges and it's obviously a male dominated, you, you know, 
coaching course that I was on and even just playing. I mean, I remember some of the guys and some of these guys were, you know, flipping, never even played conference football and they want to do the badges and, do you know what I mean? And, and, and look, I don't like comparing the men and women's game in terms of that because there's so many differences in it. But in terms of when we talk tactics and technique of being able to kick a ball, it's, it's the same and we should know how to do that. But honestly, on some of these courses, like some of the lads that you'd be playing, obviously you join in some of the practices and, you know, there's no one around you and they're screaming, man, there's no one there, you know, trying to like intimidate and whatever. And I'm like, mate, go away. Like, but it's genuinely go away. It's so pathetic. Like, talking mm. and being able to do it live and yeah. do all those things, it's not easy to do. I know. And we've had, I've had loads of people that I've spoken to off air, right? Yeah. And they come on air and they literally can't speak. Yeah. Because it's one well, thing you, talking. Brain freeze, mate. You have a lot, you're even here, like, with all the cameras. You, you just In like, a pub, it's all right yeah. giving your opinion, saying this player's rubbish, that yeah. player's rubbish. Say it, but we... even the players that. And when you've got you, someone in your ear as well, oh, telling you counting count down, all that. Yeah, it's a lot. And I think like it's one thing giving your opinion in a pub mm. or whatever, but it's one thing being a professional footballer, male yeah, or female. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not an easy job. Yeah. You know, all, when I look at it now, I'm analyzing these games, I'm thinking, as if we used to play at this mm. level yeah, yeah, where yeah. it's so much responsibility. And we probably didn't even appreciate the break. You know, like even when I, I know your relationship with Hope is different, but in terms of those coaches and the amount of work that they did in terms of breaking games down, as players, you're probably thinking, oh, this is so boring, but it has to be done. Yeah. And when you do this side of it and you're breaking games down, you're like, wow, they must have put in a lot of work. Like, I appreciate yeah. the work that's get put in because you have to do it now. Absolutely. You probably at the time but don't. I even always used to appreciate like the kit people, yeah. you know, when we used to just yeah. turn up because we've been through the good, the bad and the ugly. We've mm. been there when we've had to wash our own kit yeah, yeah. and use the men's hand-me-downs, haven't we? Yeah. Literally, like the biggest kits we've ever seen in your life. If, yeah. if it gets wet, it's like someone on your back. I know, do you know I what I mean? It's true. Whereas like when you go to games now and you see, you know, the players with their little toiletry bags, uh -huh. being able to have everything done for them, I think I really hope you, mm. you deserve that, but yeah, I hope yeah. you appreciate yeah. What came before you? Uh -huh. Not just me yeah. and you. I'm talking mm. about in general. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I think some... And you can't hold it against these mm. players because sometimes they've never experienced the graft that's gone yeah. before them. Mm. And I think they can say, oh, you know, we we, we appreciate the, the people that came before. I don't think people fully do. Oh, no, it's easy said, isn't it? Actions, I guess, come with that. But last question before we go on to a, a couple of fun bits and some fans' questions that they sent in. If you were to give some... Because obviously I feel like it's a... Uh, not a fashion now, but, you know, a lot of players, I'm sure now they've seen that females have opportunities within the game to talk about the game. What advice would you give players that are coming towards retirement or thinking about punditry after football? What advice would you give them, you know, to prepare them or to help them in terms of that transition? But I think like, I think during COVID, I certainly noticed that more people, there was more shows, wasn't there, from mm. home and those types of things. And in the studio, I would see quite a lot of people just thinking they could just jump into it and it'd be easy. Mm. It's not easy to do. Mm. I think as long as you're pr you prep, as long as you're nice to everybody. And mm. I'll say this because, yeah. you know, unfortunately, bad news always travels first in England. Mm. I say in England because in America, people are hype queens and kings. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, when you're nice to people and you're good, you'll get asked back. Mm. So it's not an easy job to do. Yeah, yeah. It's not for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I remember one of my bosses in America said, um, not everybody's made for being in front of the camera. Yeah, so yeah. some people might, you know, be better behind, yeah, yeah. giving producing, directing, yeah, yeah. whatever it might be. Mm. But not everybody can do it. And you've probably seen, I mean, I've seen people come and go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some people that are mm. on it. I think you, in the women's side, it's only really me, you, Kaz, yeah. Alex, and yeah. Sue Smith. Yeah. Who else is really stuck stuck around that are predominantly on stuff? Do you know yeah, what I mean? And that's not me saying that others are not good, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's not easy mm. to talk at the right time, to know when to not talk. Mm. Like, I don't like over-talking people, and sometimes I like to get better at that because yeah. on TalkSport, it's more of a debate. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. I think over-talking people is considered rude. Radio is so different to punditry, isn't it? Because it is. radio, you want that kind of at each other kind of like debate type thing. Yeah. When you're on TV, it's kind of like, 
you, you want to work off the back of somebody's opinion as opposed to jumping in on their opinion. So it's like, it's difficult because as I say, when you do radio, it's like, oh, actually this is like being in a And you have to describe sometimes. everything yeah. on the radio, right? Yeah, like, every, I'm every. doing TV comms, mm. doing radio comms. It, I was trying to do my radio on television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember one of my bosses was like, you're amazing, but remember when it's on television, you don't have to talk yeah, all, the yeah, time. all the time. And I was like, that's a really good point. But that little bit of information, mm. I'm able to adapt. Like I'm yeah. quite, I'm like a sponge. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. if someone gives me some feedback, yeah. I'll listen yeah, and yeah. I'm just able to adapt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So guys, you heard it here. It's not for everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but that rounds up our uh, boots, boots and bars for what week are we on? I think we're on like week 11. But we'll do, because we know the fans love it, Leanne. They love us predicting next week's fixtures. Okay. I always try and say, put a one pound accumulator on. Not that I'm trying to get a sponsor <laughs> from a, a betting company, <laughs> but I am. <laughs> so next week's match day 12 fixtures. We've got Brighton against Chelsea. Who are you going for? I mean, I think there's only one winner there and that's Chelsea. Okay, so I agree. Chelsea, not being biased guys. And then we've got Man United at home to Aston Villa. This you know is what? a tough one. It is a tough one. I don't think it's necessarily a foregone conclusion, mm. But I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with Man United. They have to win this one. They have they to. Have win, to. Yeah. And to be fair, they I'm going off last season mainly, but they've had good form last year. So yeah, this is a tough one. Villa gave them a good game in the opening day. Um maybe getting confidence from beating. Are Villa Leicester. back? Are Villa back? No, can I don't, I don't think you can down? say someone's back. I'm gonna go based on one win. Can Villa beat Man United? I mean, I'm gonna go Man United win. Well, I'll go okay. with you. So we've got Everton versus Leicester. This Do you know what? Difficult. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my head and my heart are telling me two different things, but I'm gonna go with Leicester. Leicester haven't won in the last eight. No, but yeah, I'm feeling so like I'm feeling like that is gonna early. be mm. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go know, I have a good feeling. I'm gonna go Everton. So I'm gonna go Everton. So we're gonna go Tottenham, Manchester City at Tottenham. I'm gonna go Manchester City. I just think they're in yeah. a good run of form. You know, the, the I know Tottenham seem to be in good scoring mm. form of late, but they're leaking goals. Yeah. And I think Manchester City would just capitalise on that. So, yeah, I'm agreeing. I'm going Man City. So, we've got Bristol, West Ham. Oh, bottom of the table clash. I know. This is a wow. big, this is like a big six-pointer. It is a big really six-pointer. Do you know what? I'm going to go with um, West Ham. Okay, I'm going Bristol. Are you? Yeah. Even though West Ham, West yeah. Ham have made some good signings mm. in this window, haven't they? Yeah. But, I'm going to wait and see. Liverpool, uh, Arsenal. Arsenal. I'm going Arsenal. So, guys, so we're going Brighton, Chelsea. I'll give you my predictions. It was... Chelsea to beat Brighton. I've said Man United to beat Aston Villa. Everton to beat Leicester. City to beat Tottenham. Bristol to beat West Ham. And Arsenal to beat Liverpool. Leanne's gone with Chelsea to beat Brighton. Man United to beat Aston Villa. Leicester to beat Everton. Manchester City to beat Tottenham. West Ham to beat Bristol. And Arsenal to beat Liverpool. Choose your one pound accumulator wisely, guys. And <laughs> <laughs> give us the winning. <laughs> yeah. What... Well, um, so we've got actually, Liam, we've got a couple of fans' questions and then I want to do a start bench sell with you, which, yeah, I've made it difficult as well. So I saw, I saw. Yeah. And don't be nice just because I'm sat here. No, well, don't worry about that. <laughs> but with the fans' questions, it's do you approach... Oh, see, so this is similar to some of the stuff. So guys, um, do you approach commentary different in NWSL to WSL to Champions League? So guys, if you tune into our podcast, you will hear... I've already answered Leanne the question. So tune into that to hear the answer to that. Don't want her to repeat herself. Um, you had enough who, me. Yeah, I've had enough. <laughs> um, who was, who was, oh, here we are. Who was the most talented footballer you'd played with? Ooh. And you played with a few to be Yeah, I have. 
the only one that sticks out for me that always leads the way is Kelly Smith. Mm, always. Everyone says that, you, know, yeah. you were probably the most technically yeah. gifted player I've played with when it yeah. comes to technical ability, you know, being able to turn out of a tight space uh. and those types of things. But I think Kelly Smith, like... My just talent. yeah, just mm. natural. Um and unfortunately due to injury she had to retire. But yeah. you know, how she never won the oh, Ballon d'Or is beyond me. It. But yeah, you know Kelly what? Smith. It's crazy. I can't even I can't even talk about that. But yeah, that's a good question. And, and obviously I'd pick the same Leanne. But what's the most treasured memory you have from your playing career? You've got so yeah. many. How do you pick? I know it's a difficult one, but I think the one that just comes to me similar to Kelly Smith is that when we won the quadruple at Arsenal. Mm. And I think you know, winning the Champions League, we got the opportunity to play at the Emirates so we could yeah. play at Boreham Wood and we actually chose to play at Boreham Wood yeah. because we felt like it was going to be an away game. Because uh -huh. the fans weren't, yes, the fans have always been great at Arsenal, yeah, yeah. but it wasn't the same. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There wasn't mm -hmm. as many people coming, there might have been 20,000 that turned up and it would have felt like an away game. Yeah. So the quadruple, and I think not only winning that, but the people Mm. We had a good group of players. Like we had good people. Yeah, I remember um, watching that final. You know, when Alex scored the winner. Oh, like I was in a pub in Liverpool. It's so mad that she two-legged two final. Yeah, and like, like, it's mad, isn't it? Isn't that crazy yeah. to think about? It wasn't even. I mean, what we're talking seventeen years now, but like two-legged final. It's unheard of. Unheard of. And Alex scored that goal, and it was like the and how we honestly against. I don't Romero, know how you won that. Mars I don't know how you won that. Team Ramona Backman. I don't know how when you I won say it. they were peppering that goal. It, <laughs> that's an understatement. Like the ball hit off the back of Emma Hayes. Emma Hayes. Emma Burns' head. Yeah. Went out for a, like a corner. Yeah, and that game was mad. We. I don't know. Still till this day, I don't know how we won that game, but we did. Yeah. And the thing about that team and that group is that we wanted to be around each other all the time. Yeah. yeah. Like we would always go for breakfast, lunch, dinner. Like, yeah, yeah. and we loved each other, and yeah. I'm still friends with everyone now. Most that's so nice. Isn't it? Um, oh, this is a good one. What would your five-a-side team, past, present, or mix? So oh, you can decide. You put me right on the spot now. I know. I was thinking that. Um, five-a-side team. A any players in the world? Yeah. Hope Solo in goal. Them. Hope Solo in goal. By far, I've only ever scored on her. I think once, and we've played against her. Stop talking American. Times. Only ever scored on her. Don't say that in our on, on our podcast. Against her. <laughs> I've only ever scored against that her. I know people dodgy. say that as well. No, but people say that. Like, I say jersey, I say yeah, shirt, go away. field, pitch. Go away. Hope Solo. Yeah. Oh, this, I can't just reel this off. This is going to take me ages. No, just come on. Just Hope a Solo. Style. I'm going to put me and you in there. Marta. Oi. That's four. No defenders. Last player. No defenders. <laughs> neat. Neat yeah. Rasanti. Mate, that girl goes so under the radar, isn't it? Their talent, oh. like, mate. And, and Neat went from being, Anita Rasanti went from being midfielder to the defender based mm -hmm. upon Faye White being out with the injury. Yeah. She was honestly Could one you of the reasons. Could imagine being a centre half now in a modern game? Different level. Oh my day. Different level, the, uh, It just, the game was far behind of where Anita was in her, in her day. Unbelievable. But yeah. So thank you for your questions for Leanne. Okay, so that rounds up our podcast. Thanks again to Leanne Sanderson for joining me in the studio. Guys, remember, if you have any questions throughout the week, make sure you send them in. Don't wait until the day before because we end up missing your questions. And I know there's plenty of good questions out there. So until next week, thank you and goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.